0: Imagine this, you've been dreaming of building a custom home for years and you finally get the opportunity to do so. And you go through the design process and you realize that you really don't like the design that your architect came up with. What do you do? What are your options? Hi, I'm Chris Novelli with N3 Architecture and today we're talking about what to do when you don't like the design that your architect has come up with for your custom home. People may be nervous about hiring an architect. A lot of times when they're building a custom home, it's the first time that they've ever worked with an architect and they don't know what to expect and maybe they don't even know exactly what an architect even does. Maybe people think that they pay a lot of money and then the architect retreats to their design studio where they toil away endless hours and then emerge with a completed masterpiece. And that you are left in a situation where you either take it or you leave it. But that is not true. And if your architect is not involving you in the steps along the way of creating your custom home design, then you need to find another architect. Collaboration is one of the most important things in a successful project. So the first and the best way To avoid a design that you don't like is through prevention. And this starts years in advance with work on your part. So first off, you really need to know yourself. And I'm not talking about knowing what you want in a project. I'm not talking about you saying I want three bedrooms and two bathrooms and 2,500 square feet. That's not what I'm talking about. Instead, I want you to complete some deep self-reflection. Who are you as a person? What do you stand for? What are you hoping to get out of this project? And I'm not talking about the physical building. Yes, you're going to get a physical building. You're going to get a home that you can live in. But what are you really hoping to achieve? And what will change in your life for the better that this home, this new custom home will make possible? And if the answer is that you just need a roof over your head, then maybe designing a custom home is not the best solution for you. Next off is research. And this, again, starts with you. Knowing what your daily routines are, understanding how you live, understanding what you like and what you don't like about your current home or the home that you grew up in or your neighbor's house or your friend's house. Think of all the homes that you've ever been in in your life and start to create a list of things that you don't like, qualitative things that you like, and qualitative things that you don't like. And maybe you start gathering some inspirational images. Now don't go overboard here because it's really easy to go overboard in saving screenshots from Instagram or uh, saving images on Pinterest And, and it can just become this overwhelming thing where you have thousands of images and you don't really know which images really reflect your goals or you don't even really remember what you liked about a certain image. So instead, if you're going to gather some inspirational images, I like to limit it to maybe five or ten for each sort of space, you know, maybe five for the exterior, five for the kitchen, five for a bathroom, five for a bedroom, that sort of thing. And then create some sort of journal. Either it could be a physical journal or it could be a digital journal. Miro is a, is a good, uh, software app to use. M-I-R-O, Miro. It's basically like a digital whiteboard where you can, uh, paste things in and you can write notes. And maybe, maybe you take your inspirational images and you paste them onto your Miro board and then you write what you like about them so that you can reference th- that information later on. And if you do this for long enough, if you, if you write down your daily routine, every day for a year that might be a little bit overboard every day for a week right or maybe uh, uh every every week for a month and write down your routines write down what you like and what you don't like about other homes and sort of keep this running journal and the longer that you do this the more in focus your end goal will become okay we're still on avoidance here but the next step is to research architects a great place to start is the architect's website and their Instagram page, and any other content that they may put out, such as video or blogs. Watch those videos, read those blogs, and try to figure out what their personality is and what is important to them as an architect, as a professional. And if that relates to what's important to you, that's even better. So you're trying to at least get to know them digitally through the messaging that they're putting out. Next, you want to narrow down the field of potential architects by looking at what they specialize in. If you want to build a custom modern home, then maybe you don't want an architect that that designs mostly traditional homes. If you want a traditional home, maybe you don't pick an architect that specializes in retail stores. Now, that doesn't mean that those architects can't design a home for you or that a residential architect can't design a commercial facility, but... If you're spending the money and your goal is the highest level of happiness and satisfaction at the end, then your best bet is to pick an architect that specializes in the work that you are going to hire them for. After you've done that initial sorting, you can then go and look at the projects that those architects have listed on their websites and see if those projects speak to you. Is it in the, are they in the style that you like? Does it look like it's high quality work or does it look like it's more budget work? And I recommend you keeping a journal or a list or notes on what you like and what you don't like about each of those potential architects projects that you can see online. Now, when you're researching architects, you can obviously start local, right? You can go on Google Google Maps and search for architects in your area, but don't feel stuck in in feeling that you have to choose an architect that's from your hometown or from your area or from even a 20-mile radius or a 50-mile radius. Most architects that I know will travel a good distance to work on high-quality projects. And it does the architect that you choose doesn't even have to be in the same state. Now there could be some considerations in the detailing based upon your local environment that need to come into play, but generally most architects can work outside of their immediate region. So although that sounds overwhelming if you if you happen to come across an architect that you like their work and you like the messaging that they're putting out but they're maybe 3 hours away from where you're where you're building your home include them on the list of architects that you might want to contact okay so the next step is interviewing a few different architects and the goal here is you want to determine who you can get along with now you're going to be spending a lot of time with with your architect both in person at meetings and talking over the phone and talking over email you want to make sure that you can have good open communication you want to be sure that you can feel comfortable expressing yourself both in positive situations and in negative situations because those negative situations will come up Though will there will be tough discussions around style and budgets and needs and goals and if you are Interviewing an architect, and you don't feel that you can communicate effectively with them, or you don't feel like you can express yourself and your emotions to them, then cross them off your list. Next, when you're interviewing architects, ask them to to explain their design process. Any professional architect should have steps in place on where to start a project and how to start a project, and the specific steps that they take. To sort of get from an an idea that's in your head into a built form. And I want you to ask them to explain that process to you and how you fit in and how you will be involved. So for me, I like to start off with site analysis and performance programming. So with the site, I'm looking at the, the specific environmental conditions, I'm looking at what makes that site special, where are the constraints and where are the opportunities. In the performance programming, I'm getting feedback from you on how you actually live in your day-to-day life, what's important to you and what your goals are. And both with the site and with the performance programming, I'm trying to extract a few key moments that can be used as, as inspiration to drive the design forward. And I like to meet with my clients at an early stage to to go over what I've learned about analyzing the site and to go over what I've learned about sort of analyzing the performance programming. And then from there, we can talk about a conceptual framework to move forward. And And other architects may not involve you in that process at all, and they may just show up with, two or three design options and you don't really understand what drove the creation of those design options. So asking an architect to explain their design process and how you're involved is a great way to assure that you're going to like the design that they come up with because that also gives you the opportunity to weigh in on what you think is important about the site or what you think is important about the program. With all that said that doesn't mean that design inspiration always has to come from from those those areas, design inspiration can come from anywhere. Design inspiration can come from a piece of music or a piece of artwork or literature, a passage in a book that really speaks to you. Or it could come from nature or it could come from a childhood memory that you've shared with with that architect and that architect uses that memory you have to create something that is special and unique to you. And I think the best projects mix in the qualitative analysis of the site and the performance programming with this more abstract inspiration and when those two things come together then you really have some magic. But the point is they should tell you how they go about at least starting their design and how you are going to be involved in those steps. It will lead to a better outcome and it will provide you the chance to speak up early if the architect starts going down a path that you don't like the next key element in avoiding a design that you don't like is to have frequent design meetings with your architect what you don't want is you don't want to as i said at the beginning of the video you don't want to pay your architect and have them go off to their studio and then emerge months later with a finished design no You want to be involved in each step of the way. You want to see the little progress and maybe different options of things as you go along. I personally like to have a meeting that describes the site analysis, performance, programming, and conceptual sort of framework. And then at least a minimum of three schematic design meetings. In each one of those meetings, the design gets a little bit more refined. Sometimes though, we require four schematic design meetings or eight, or ten. And in those cases, there might be more upfront costs to your architect, but the result is a better project for you in the end. In these design meetings, I want you to ask a lot of questions. Don't hold back. Ask your architect why they did something or what the outcome will be of a design move. Speak up early, speak up often, and don't be afraid to express your opinions. Trust me, you won't hurt our feelings. So you don't have to be rude, but you're not going to hurt our feelings. We've heard a lot worse when we've gone through architecture school. Okay, let's do a quick review of the things that we've talked about so far. First off is knowing your goals and completing some deep self-reflection on what's important to you. Next is researching what you like and what you don't like about other homes, as well as documenting your routines. Then you've researched architects and you've narrowed it down to a few, who you think would be a good fit for your project. Then you've interviewed those architects and you've determined who you can best work with and who has a process that involves you the most. And then you've gone through the design process, hopefully having many meetings, steps along the way, as the architect creates the design and collaborates with you and you get to the final schematic design. If you've done all of this, chances are you are going to love the design that your architect has come up with. But what if you don't? What if you if you do all of those things and what if you get to the point where the schematic design is completed And the architect is ready to start moving into design development and construction drawings. But there's just something that doesn't feel right to you. It might be a nice house. It might be a nice design. But something's a little off and you're just not feeling it. What do you do at that point? First off, you need to come right out and tell your architect that you don't like the design. Or that you don't like a a particular part of the design. Because we don't want to waste time working on something that you don't love. Next, if you like your architect and you get along with them, but the design just isn't quite right, ask them for more options. Even if it might cost you a little bit more in architecture fees, that money is well spent. You do not want to move forward with a design that you don't completely love. And it will always be cheaper to explore things on paper Versus in the field with the contractor while it's being built. So ask for a few more design options. Maybe that adds more costs. Maybe that adds more time. Maybe you even end up with with the option that was originally presenting. But at least you can be sure that everything was explored. Because stopping too early, stopping the design process too early, and rushing through things, if you don't love it, then that's not a good thing. Your other option at this point is to terminate your contract with your architect and to start over with another architect. And while that's not a great solution for anyone, I personally would rather be fired from a project than to have my client spend the money to build something that wasn't up to their standards. Now, this is an extreme situation and you won't get your money back for the fees that you've paid up to this point. Now, most architects break their fees up into phases, so you're not paying the entire fee at once. You've only sort of paid up to this level of completion anyways and that service has been rendered, so you're not gonna get that money back. Before you move forward with terminating a contract, have a good understanding of the contract that you've signed and the termination clauses within it. And if all else fails, you can just call me and I'll design your house. That wraps up another episode of the Home Design Academy podcast. I hope that you learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. Visit my website, n3architecture.com for more information and go to the resource section of the website where you can find the book that I wrote, The Homeowner's Guide to Residential Design and Construction, as well as some other information that will prepare you for your custom home project feel free to email me any of your questions to chris at n3architecture.com contact me on instagram even if you just want to say hi just search for n3 architecture you can find me there also i've started a youtube channel so go to youtube search for n3 architecture follow the youtube channel there's some exciting things going on there thank you and i will see you in the next episode